It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Makes me snug. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. One and two to Byron Buxton. A high fly left center field. Balls, two strikes. Here he comes. And he struck him out! The ball game is over. The Brewers win. Josh Hader goes mano y mano with Sano and punches him out with a fastball. Arcia's two-run homer holds up. And the Brewers with a comeback win tonight. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And last night felt like... Playoff baseball in a in a bunch of different ways. The competition, one of the best teams in the National League, one of the best teams in the American League. Brian Anderson on the call, like he will be for TBS come the fall. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yep. I love your uh-huh. Milwaukee bias. <laughs> You're a Cubs fan with Milwaukee bias. No, I just love how Bri- pompous are you? I just love Brian Anderson. No, I'm not good. even gonna lie. I love Brian Anderson. The dude, the announcer, the whole thing. He's a great guy. So Brian Anderson, playoff playoff vibe <laughs> right. there. And uh, and I think even just not to not to project of everyone's thoughts and feelings based on a few tweets, but even like the micro analysis and uh, just the hyper in depth consternation about one baseball game. Mm-hmm. And I think we're now at the point with the Twins being about twenty games over five hundred, and they've got this lead in the division, and you're now comparing them to the best teams in baseball. Twenty games over five hundred sounds and seems absurd. It's. I mean, that's a 91-win season at the end of the year. On Memorial Day, and 10 games up in your division. Right. Like, Cleveland is... Cleveland, and by the way... You know, Cleveland's awful too. So I mean, this is now Not this, awful. They're they're, they're pretty. Just, they're, they're average. They're, they're pretty damn bad. They're an but average team now. This is now trying to do the best you possibly can to just focus. Well, focus and also I think not overreact to things that happen in one night, like last night, for instance. So I I would love for us to spend some time on the show here in the first hour, just all like for ourselves, for fans. The Twins are going to lose games. They lost a game last night. It felt bad because they were up 4 nothing. But I almost feel like we need to retrain ourselves how to manage the roller coaster of a baseball season in which your team is playoff bound, right? In the NFL, it's very easy. There's 16 games. You hyperanalyze every single one of them. You get a week of buildup, right? Baseball, it's very likely the Twins are going to lose 
Seven out of thirteen. The twins are going to lose maybe eight out of twelve at some point. Yeah, because the if they are keep gonna... if they keep playing at this clip, right now they're at about a sixty sixty six seventy nine win percentage. So they're winning about sixty eight percent of their games. They're on pace to win one hundred and ten baseball games. So this pace is going to at least we think <laughs> till you play the AL Central again, in which case slow it's down. Gonna... But that, that's what I was just going to say. But then at the same time. I don't know that we can necessarily assume that it's it's really going to slow down all that much because they still have a lot of schedule to get fat on when you look at how many AL Central games they still have left. I get your point, Phil, but here's where I'm I'm going to go in a different direction and You're say hype, hyper I love I love this. Oh, cut no. those breaks. Cut those breaks. I lo- I love the minutia of caring this much. Right. Like baseball, I I realized in the past 4 days Baseball seemed slow and boring because the team was bad. Three-hour games now <laughs> seem much more tolerable because they're fun. So, and, and I'm not saying that baseball still does not have some problems and that it wouldn't help to speed the game up a little bit. It certainly would. But the one thing, or the one place, Phil, where I differ from you is I love the fact that that I actually thought to myself last night, you know what? Ostadia's got to get in front of, I, I think it was Lorenzo Kane to catch that ball to try and make a tag. Stuff like that, which is minutia. I completely get that. But it's fun. It's fun to break stuff down. It's fun to care about. It's fun to get on this station now and actually discuss Twins games with a relevance of plays. Agreed. As long as we don't go overboard. and as lo- as, I, I'm with you. I love, I love discussing minutia. But I think there's a difference between, and I'm saying this for myself too as a reminder, because it's been, well, there's been a couple flashes in the second half of the season a couple times in the last nine years. But it's been a long time since it was May and you knew they were going to the playoffs and you knew that they were one of the top teams. It's been since 2010. And and I think there's a difference between analyzing the minutia and having fun with like the little thing that, that, that could have happened in the fourth inning and, oh my God, they got beat by Josh Hader last night. This is what's going to happen. Like This is the downturn and this means they can't beat the Brewers or other good teams in the playoffs. Yeah, this is what I mean when I say cut the brakes because you have the... It's like if you... Have we all been in a car accident? Have you guys all been in an accident before? Fender bender. Okay. Yeah. And you're a little bit hesitant yeah. next time you get behind the wheel, right? You're you're just a little you're you're just a little unsure of yourself. Every move you're like second guessing it, second thinking it, and that's where Twins fans are because of what Phil just said. You've had you've had some traumatic experiences in the second half of baseball seasons with teams that looked pretty good. So you're still sort of riding the brake a little bit. You're still a little bit apprehensive behind the wheel. And I'm telling you, you don't need those brakes. You can cut those brakes, even though there are going to be some sharp turns in the road. There are some, there are some deep potholes. There's no reason to slow down or pull back on your twins excitement. Even when things, even when it turns into a little bit of a white knuckle ride, there are going to be some white knuckle moments over the course of a 162 game season, but keep your foot on the gas pedal of twins excitement. There's no reason to lift it up. At at the right things are going though. The actual white knuckle driving is not going to come until October. Yeah, October. And so, so if I'm going to cut, if I'm going to cut the brakes, if I'm going to cut the, yeah, but here's, here's the problem. The Brewers are good. Look at the schedule though. I, I think the next homestand starts against the M's. Yeah, but, but don't, don't, but, but look, look at this week they're So they're going to play the Brewers again tonight and yep. then they play the Rays. Yep. But and then, so they, they could lose. I'm just saying like they could lose five games in a row this week. Sure. And, and, and we shouldn't go crazy overreacting but to that. The American league is down enough where I think they are consistently going to win series. So while the cut the brakes thing is great. And, and to a certain point, I agree. 
The one thing, though, the instructive thing about when they play good teams, I think, is to assess this team itself and say, okay, this works. When when you can go, as they did in the 8th and ninth against a guy who throws absolute heat, and you don't say to yourself, this game's done, because I, sh- I sure didn't. But what I think you can say is, this is why it wouldn't be a bad idea to get help in your bullpen and things like that. So cutting the brakes is fun, but I do think that you need to be cognizant of the fact that you also can put yourself in a position to see the good and the bad at times because this team has a real chance. Like I got a this tweet. not a fluke. I got a tweet last night, and I'm going to call him out because he's a loyal listener, and I love him, and he's been listening for nine years. Justin in Rochester. I'm going to pick on you, Justin. And... Uh, and and so the the twins get smoked last Excuse night. Me, but right, but look, look at that talker on MLB Network right now. Is the Central Division race over? Yes, and the answer is yes. yes the answer is. is yes. Yep. The uh, Bomba Soda Twins. That's have a wrap. Already won the division. <laughs> and uh, and my guy Justin in Rochester says right after the game is over last night, f- football analysis of a baseball game. Yep. Josh Hader wins round two. Brew Crew showed us what a team this, yeah. what a team is that could actually do something in the playoffs. Again, this team has one weakness and it continues to not address it. They won't score six plus runs forever. And I said, dude, it's like they've got a 10 game lead in the division. It's May. They have two months to address it the way that they want to address it. Yep. They will address it. Yep. They've I got guess. they've got it would be stupid of them right now with a 10 game lead in the division. This many games over 500 to panic after one game and be like, oh my God, Royce Lewis for Matt Caps. Like, Absolutely. you know, I'm, I'm all for the speculation and trying to figure out, okay, what move will they make? It will it be this guy, will it be that guy who's available. But to get upset or to get impatient that the Twins aren't making moves right now, who is? Who in the major leagues is making moves right now? Who's in a position to win their division or make a playoff push? Who's making it's it's just it's not happening and Correct. it doesn't happen at this point in the season for the most part. I don't think that fans are or should be upset by what took place last night. I just welcome the fact though that the Twins can lose a close game like that and we actually care enough to tweet about it to discuss it. Because and you you come from a place where where it's probably been Brewers games were discussed in some detail now for a few years because that team has been good. But, Phil, it's been how long since we've been able to to want to or have a desire to break things down and even talk about them. Yeah, it's a... Beyond the Twins just lost It's a night. foreign, amazing feeling. Like, I know we were, we've all been at the ballpark. Well, you were out of town. So, mm-hmm. like, the Twins... You haven't seen a sellout at Target Field. But, but I was watching because I was at my parents' house in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which oddly enough is part of the Chicagoland area when you talk about like programming and channels and stuff. So they get all the Chicago channels. So I watched the whole series yeah. on, uh, what is it, NBC Sports Chicago? CSN yeah. or something, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like I was looking around. I was there on Saturday and just bought a couple tickets, wandered around the ballpark, and I was trying to eyeball like, hey, When's the last time people were sitting in those sections of Target Field, like going up to the third deck on the corners and people sitting in the third to the last the row? Game, they're like, hey, Randy, go make sure those seats still unfold up in the 400 section. Let's dust those off, okay? Make sure the, the bolts in them didn't rust out and they're not falling apart. And I was like, there's got to be 33, 34,000 people. There's 39,000 people. So just even for players and for 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 fans to see what that stadium looks like with that many people in it outside of opening day and maybe the occasional like 
Twins get hot in August and there's a Saturday night crowd. It's the most people we've seen in there in years, and it's awesome. The last time that I think that I actually felt a buzz in, in that park, so not not like an opening day, this is fun to be back. Not bat and barrel buzz? but Not a bat and barrel buzz. Yeah, the actual <laughs> buzz of a really good baseball team, 2010, right? Yes. That's the last time. I, I remember there was a Saturday afternoon game against the Rangers. My buddy and I uh, went to, we didn't have tickets in 2010, and standing room, I think tickets were going on the street, 100 bucks a piece. And it was, it. I didn't go in because I, I wasn't going to pay that much. But just the fact the team was that hot, a product was really, really fun. Yeah. And I don't think that I had experienced that. And 2015 was a fun pop-up year. 2017 was also fun, but certainly not a dominant year. But as far as just this team being this relevant and this good, I think it's been 10 years. I Let's, let's talk about the reliever thing for a second, too, because... Do yes, do the twins need another reliever or two or a starter and a reliever that bumps Martin? Whatever it is, like, do they need some help so that they don't burn out their best guys, the Taylor Rogers? Yes, but they've built such a lead and they're in such a spot that that move, whatever move you make, is not for now. Like, it's not to beat the Rays an extra game this week or to beat the Royals. Make sure that you sweep the Royals in those four games. No. Whatever move you make is for October. You're thinking about playoff roster construction. Yes. Right now. Yes. And so if if other teams aren't ready to... like The pool of players available and the pool of relievers available now compared to a month from now or six weeks from now is going to change a lot. So if you panic and give up, maybe overpay with some of your minor league assets or whatever it is that you're you know, planning on trading, if you're going to overpay now and then all of a sudden three other options become available because three teams fall out of the race, you just panic for no reason. So I would almost encourage the Twins to not make a move for the next month so that you have as many options available for trading as possible at the end of June and toward the middle of July. When you look at All-Star game? Yeah, I think that's when that fair? when the buds will start to heat Post up. That's when they game? traded for Shannon Stewart in 2003 yeah. was the All-Star break. And when you look at how few teams are actually competing and have a shot at the postseason, I think it's going to be a buyer's market this year. They're, you're going to have a lot of sellers on the market as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, The American League, and especially this division, but the American League as a whole lends itself towards you've got to think the Twins are going to probably consistently, except for a potential, let's say, two-week downturn, win series. And I thought, I thought, and I was wrong about this, that the White Sox were sort of on the come a little bit. They're not. They are a year, and I, I think they've got two pitchers out, but they are a year away. And that team looked like the Bad News Bears trying to field. They got no chance. Yeah, they've Cleveland. They, I think is pretty much toast. Detroit is now is now Detroit. They're awful. Kansas City's out. I mean, you've got a lot of teams that you are probably for the most part from here on out going to beat up on. The and just for context here, the New York Yankees in 1998 won 114 games. They went 114 and 48. So they they steamrolled the entire league. So the pace the Twins are playing at right now falls short of the end-season win total of the Yankees in 1998, right? Rami, you said 110 win pace right now yeah, for the Twins? they're on pace for 110 right now. The Yankees finished the season with a 114-48 record, and that includes, in the middle of the year, in August, they had stretches where they lost 6 of 8. There's a sweep. They got swept three in a row by Toronto. There's another sweep in there in uh, September where, like, one of the best teams in the history of baseball— had week and two-week stretches where they just got pounded by teams because that's how baseball works. Right. 
And that's, I just want to reassure, like, that's going to happen. The Twins are going to lose five games in a row. The Twins are going to give up 15 runs in a game, and their bullpen's going to be taxed, and and we should just react accordingly, which is deep breath, poor cocktail. I'm positive, though. See, I think that's good. I think it's great that people can care. I think it's it's been so long since I, the only the only games and team that people have, have cared about in this town for the last, what, four years or so? The Vikings. I think it's fantastic that the Twins can blow a game and people actually want to discuss it. Yeah. And that they don't just say, ah, typical Twins, who cares? Yeah. And a- the vibe in that ballpark on especially Saturday and Sunday and a bit on uh, Friday as well was just outstanding. It was uh, it was refreshing. It was absolutely refreshing. And uh, we're going to talk to Roy Smalley on this show today. And we also are going to, if you're going to the game tonight, if you're hanging out around downtown, we're going to do a live taping of the Scorner Twin Show between 6 and 7 o'clock at Fulton, right outside the uh, left field entrance of Target Field. So come hang out with us. Come say hi. Come yell at us. We might even have a microphone open for people if they want to ask questions to us. That's dangerous. It's a podcast. Mm, it's no problem at all. That's true. Well, it won't be live on the air. We these will are our have friends. the ability to go back and censor later. Well, we were going to leave a mic open for Judd for sure. Is that dangerous? There is with, alcohol with, in the with, building. With Fulton. How many beers can I get? around. <laughs> <laughs> How many beers can I buy and, and drink before we have to uh, shut my mic off? Can we talk about frauds when we come back here? I always like exposing a fraud. Okay. Yeah. There's some, there's some frauds we need to talk about here. When we come back, Judd, Mackie and Judd huh? with Rami <laughs> on the all new score North. Uh, gentlemen, pulled the trigger. I uh, had a little. Oh, uh, you did it. Had a little lease run out on my car. My Corolla had to say goodbye to the Corolla. 2019 RAV4 XLE. And this is the beauty of it. So they've got all these new Toyotas. Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Thanks for all the help this weekend. Uh huh. So they've got Apple CarPlay and their Entune nice. system, nice. which means you can just tap the Score North app in the middle of the console. That's amazing. You're just one tap. Oh, it's the future. Little tap, tap, really? taparoo, little tappy okay. of the Score North app. Oh, nice. And you can yeah. listen to Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Purple Daily, the Score North Twin Show. When you were driving the Corolla to Luther Brookdale for the last time, did you play uh, End of the Road by Boys <laughs> to Men? <laughs> cranked it. <laughs> Oh, Rami. Windows oh, down. Rami. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like I can crank boys to men a little more aggressively as I'm sitting up higher in this RAV4 XLE. Probably. A little more confident in yeah, my for sure. larger vehicle now. Belted out, Phil Mackey. Yep. To That's the back right. of the room. Feels kind of nerdy in a smaller car. Now that I've got an XLE RAV4 from Luther Brookdale Toyota, I'm going to be cranking a lot of cheesy 90s music. But uh, go check out the new selection, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackey and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Celebrating Twins Bombas. And even though they lost last night, it's okay. Twins are still, they're going to lose some games. They're still dominating. Do you guys follow any Red Sox fans or Red Sox people on social media? Of course I do. Uh, I think a few media outlets, but I don't think any fans. Okay. Well, like I follow some like radio stations. and They're great fun. Yeah. They're very emotional. <laughs> yes, and, they uh, yes, they are. They're also very fraudulent. Because I see so many Red Sox fans... Honoring the late Bill Buckner, who passed away at the age of 69 yesterday. These, if you're a Red Sox fan and you're honoring Bill Buckner after 20 years of making him a punchline and essentially making his life miserable because of a mistake he made in a baseball game in 1986, which he got death threats for 20 years until they won the World Series again, I can't think of anything more fraudulent in sports 
than Red Sox fans now after all this time. Oh, we love Bill, Bill Buckner, Billy Buckner. Yeah, like exonerating him after the 2004 World Series, after making his life tormented hell for 18 years. If I was him, I would have said, take your forgiveness and shove it. Like, I didn't need your forgiveness. There was nothing to forgive. I made an error on a baseball field. Like, how many of you have made mistakes at your job? I didn't want to show up at your ring ceremony because I really don't like you people or this city right now. But they brought him back, I think it was after the second World Series. I think there was a point in time where they tried to bring him back, and he said, absolutely not, and I can't blame him for that. And then I want to say after the second World Series, they brought him back on opening day, and and he appeared and threw out the first pitch. And I, if I'm correct about this, he threw it to Dwight Evans, who who was the right fielder on that team, and he was crying and got a, a huge ovation. What got me worse than the fans, because fans are fans. Fans are fickle and weird. What got me yesterday was the amount of columns trying to sort of change the the narrative Bill and Bill Buckner was a good player. Yeah. Bill Buckner could flat out hit, and Bill Buckner played a long time. But the amount of columnists saying that Bill Buckner was so much more than that error, and you don't get it, and the media is what I didn't get. You, listen, we focused on that forever. Okay, so th- this is the one thing I don't get about death. Why do we, when people die, and th- this is true of Buckner, it's true of a ton of folks. Why, when people die, do we try and reinvent the narrative of that person's life? I think it's like because now it's not now it's not fair. Bill Buckner was why, no that we that's not the direction we chose to go. So let's be honest about it. Yeah, I think it's because when if someone dies, like that's the worst thing that can happen to you, right? You die unless you're being put out of your misery in some way. And so we feel like, well, what what's the point of piling on? I think there's a difference between piling on and flat out changing a narrative like what you just said if you're writing a column or if you're talking about now well bill buckner was so much more than just that era in 1986 how many people were saying that in 1986 1987 2003 right before they won the world series and that's the part that gets me like okay you can't just you can't just now after all of this time I, this is why i'd love to to know the feeling on steve bartman cuz rami's from chicago and at first, I thought, as a as a guy who's grown up a Cubs fan and a Twins fan, it would be fun if Steve Bartman would come back for the ring celebration and the Steve if they could get Steve to throw the first pitch. And I was kind of like, man, eh, maybe, you know, maybe Steve can just kind of let bygones be bygones. But you know what? If if I basically couldn't go out in my residence, if I couldn't go to a public place without getting filmed or chastised or you know chirped at in some way. Why would I forgive those fans just because the team won a World Series? Yeah, right? if you this- can't, if you came to forgive me just on your own through being a decent human being and 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 the 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 pain evaporating over the course of time and you getting some perspective on the situation, realizing maybe your anger was misplaced. Okay, I can accept that forgiveness, but you forgive me now because your team won a World Series. Like, how the hell does that even work? Yeah, like it was my fault that you didn't. It's my fault and my fault only. Solely the reason. That you didn't win a World Series up until now because of that one moment in time. Screw you. I don't want your forgiveness. I never needed to be forgiven by you, is what I would say if I was Bill Buckner, if I was Steve Bartman, if I was anybody who was ever treated that way, and you invited me to a ceremony to shower praise on me and show me your forgiveness, my response would be, I never needed to be given given forgiveness in the first place. Screw you and your ceremony. The thing I don't get, I, I guess, about people is, Ultimately, when when is the time that, that I would or that you would, I think, safely assume that a person wouldn't care when they're dead, right? 
You're dead. It doesn't matter. So, so if we're going to go in a direction when the person is alive and, and go after them, then let's just be upfront about it. I, I think that's, I think, Phil, that that's the fraudulence you're talking about. Yes. It's like we're trying to redefine it now, and we're only doing that to try and absolve ourselves. Yes. Because we feel guilty because the, the person died. Bill Buckner is dead. I guarantee you now, if ever he didn't care, he really doesn't care now. Because yeah. once you're dead, the fact a ball in 1986 went through your legs, an unfortunate incident, doesn't matter. Did you guys see Darren Ravel's tweet about Bill I saw, Buckner? And I, saw I heard your, about it. I didn't explain see Explain it. it to me. I don't right, even I get it. it. I, I'm going to, here, let me let me just find this real quick. So Darren Ravel, who now, he doesn't work for CNN or ESP. He works for the Action Network. He works yeah. for a, uh, for an online gambling content company. And uh, he tweets, Bill Buckner's death comes with unexpected guilt. The guilt of eight-year-old me, who thinks, who thanks in part to his heir, got his only major sports championship as a New York Mets fan. Rest in peace, Bill. I'm sorry my joy came with your pain. Is there a less self-aware person on the planet than Darren Ravel? I don't know that there is. Re- like, like listen too to the soon, game. dude. Bill Buckner's death comes with unexpected guilt. The guilt of eight-year-old me. <laughs> what? Let me make this guy's death about me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's all about me. Because he's still happy to this day that a man who just passed away screwed up to make his him as an eight-year-old, feel good about himself. Yeah, Let's take one call on this, and we can get back to, to uh, the Bomba Boys, the Minnesota Twins, 651-646-8255. Mike and Hopkins. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. You know, real quick, I, I got to call you out. You can't compare Buckner with Bartman. Buckner was a player making million, lots of dollars, and there's no guarantee Bartman's ball would have been caught in the first place. But did Bill Buckner deserve it. to get death threats and to be essentially no. tormented oh, for nobody. 20 years? You're right. Nobody does. But they're, they're, all I'm saying is they're not analogous. But the short answer to your question is, why do we do this when somebody dies? Well, kindness, obviously, but also they're just not there to defend themselves anymore. So you're on the side of politeness. Okay. Okay, but if you're going to go after somebody, shouldn't it be when they can't defend that themselves? I think we do it to absolve ourselves because we feel guilty. But it really to me when the columnists now go back and say, here's the hot take. Bill Buckner was way better and you guys don't get that. It's all the the amount that people will go to basically absolve themselves is really intriguing to me. Because you know what? I just penned this column saying Bill Buckner was a great baseball player. Therefore, I feel good about my day. And that one moment did not define him. That That's what we keep hearing today. That one moment in Bill Buckner's life and career did not define him as a baseball player. When, unfortunately for him... In a lot of people's eyes, even though everything you're saying is true, he was a very good hitter, won batting titles, got MVP votes, made all-star teams. I think in a lot of people's eyes, if you play the word association game, and I say Buckner, you think of that moment, do you not? Unfortunately, yes. I hate to say it. You do. Absolutely. But we're sitting here talking about how you should be real even in somebody's death. Right, but I think I think it's okay to say that there's a, there's a huge difference between this is the moment you think of in this guy's career and... This guy deserves to be savaged for 20 years until, and he'll be savaged until the Red Sox win a World Series, and only then will he be let off the hook, which is what happened. Like, okay, does he deserve to be, to to Mike's call, because he made a lot of money relative to the time period in the 80s, and because he was a high-profile player on a high-profile team in a high-profile moment, did he deserve to be criticized for not feeling that ground ball? 100%, yes. 
Did he still deserve to be criticized to that level in 2001, in 2003? And then fans, 15 years later, when he dies, act like, well, I mean, like he had a lot of great qualities about him. Like I agree with you. Yeah, but okay, you weren't saying that in the 90s. I got one name for you, though. Blair Walsh. But but Blair Blair Walsh doesn't get, like, death threats, does he? Maybe he did. I don't know. A bunch of great school kids had to make him feel better. (laughs) A bunch of great school. Gary Anderson. Yeah. Like that's, but let's just, all I want is let's just acknowledge it. That's how we feel or that's how people felt. And and yeah, you're, you're right. If you mentioned before today, if two days ago I had said Bill Buckner, the first thing that you think of is, is the ball going through his his legs. Okay. But let's acknowledge that. Let's not now, because he has passed away, try and go back and be like, well, but you don't understand. Because if that was how you felt, then, then, that should have been talked about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and it wasn't. And so that's where I'm with Phil. This whole thing is is filled with fraudulence of, well, we feel bad, now he's dead. Okay. that's that. So, But that's us. That's people. I, I just love this Ravel tweet still. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Let's turn the spotlight on me. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. But here's the thing: I don't get. Let's talk about me right now. He was, he was, eight, he was eight. An eight year old's gonna feel great when that ball, if you're a Mets fan, oh, goes through his legs, right? Like what? Okay, just say you felt good. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Minnesota Twins being second behind the Houston Astros in the ESPN.com power rankings that came out? Yeah, these came out before the Twins lost to uh, the Brewers, but. Uh, the Twins, number two behind the Astros and just ahead of the Dodgers, Yankees, and Cubs with the Rays in the number six spot. Makes sense. I saw it, and I thought that makes sense. And I don't really squabble with, with power rankings very often. If I don't agree with them, I just keep on moving and go, well, I just see it differently than this guy because power ranking is a a subjective thing in a lot of ways. People get pissed off. They go, well, my team has more wins. How, they can be, how can they be behind in the power rankings? Because what you're looking for is standings, dude. You're not looking for power rankings. You just want to see who won more games. You can look in the paper every day and see those standings. But when I do agree with them, I, I, I give them a little golf clap, and I, I think that's accurate. There aren't too many teams, if any at all, who are playing at a higher level right now in Major League Baseball than the Minnesota Twins. I'm I li- think that's a fair statement. I'm very upset. How can they not be one? <laughs> These power rankings are useless. <laughs> Do, would you put them number one if you were making the power rankings? Because I, I would, I would put them behind the Astros. I think the Astros are a better team. The Astros have a more honed pitching staff, and the lineups are kind of a wash. I don't know at this point. Yeah, sure, that, that's fine. Okay. I just baseball. I mean, it's going to change. So. I look at power rankings as as you're ranking who's the be- who's. At the level that they're playing at today, you, when you say a team is number one in the power rankings, you're not saying they are and will remain the best team in baseball for the remainder of 2019. You're saying today, the level that they're playing at, the Houston Astros are the best team in baseball. The Minnesota Twins are the second team in baseball. Does that mean that the Twins will be the second team, best team in baseball for over the course of the 2019 season? No, that doesn't mean that at all. That just means today, right now. Yeah, I think it's really hard sometimes to... When you see something for so many years in baseball, and then all of a sudden that thing is different. Like the Tampa Bay Rays from 1997, when their franchise was launched, up until 2007, were a laughing stock. It was 11 years of 90 loss seasons. I think they had a 100 loss season in there somewhere. And then all of a sudden in 2008, it was like, whoa, okay, this team is this team's winning games. They're 15 games over 500. They've got a bunch of young players. 
But it took people a long time into that year to realize, oh, no, this isn't just like a fluke start to the year. This is legitimate. And it might take, you know, the the Twins are getting some national attention, but I can understand why nationally people have looked at the Twins for years and said, yeah, it's just like one terrible move after another, one failed free agent signing after another, not ready to fully buy into it yet. And now only after two months of this are you starting to see some buy-in nationally. I can tell you the one guy who will be very happy if they never get to one all, all year long, Rocco Baldelli. Rocco wants this thing to fly under the radar in the worst way possible. And I don't mind it. And he's right. Yeah. But this guy, if you if you come to him and say, we're taking you out of the rankings tomorrow, he'd be like, okay, cool. He is... They have fostered a a community in that clubhouse that is doing its damnedest to, and it's fun, but nobody is interested in any of this uh, pub, and especially him. He's asked questions about things, and he's thoughtful. He answers, but he has no interest in attention. Basically, yeah. Do you guys think it's fine. to the twin strategic advantage to? I mean, flying under the radar is such a. It's more of a media and fan interest thing. Teams are definitely very much scouting what the Twins are doing. So whether the Twins are on the national radar or not doesn't really affect the fact that the teams that are looking at the Twins coming up on their schedule are trying to do everything they can to make sure that they don't hit eight home runs in a game against them. Yeah, right? the rest of Major League Baseball is taking notice. Whether or not the media is the national media, the rest of Major League Baseball is definitely taking notice of what the Twins are doing right now. Yeah. How much do you think, Phil, they are doing that we simply don't know? It's substantial. I just can't decide how much. I mean, I don't know how to... All, all you can do is look at every single hitter in the lineup and see career highs in OPS. And I know Rami was talking about, was it a barrel percentage or a hard hit percentage or something? Yeah. We were um, talking about it today on uh, on the Score North First Place Twins show. Yeah. And it's just like if a couple hitters are performing above their expectation and it's early in the year, okay. When it's 1 through 12... Yeah. Not like one through four, but it's everybody and then the guys that come in and the guys that are on the injured list and everybody is doing something different. That's a systematic change to me. So uh, Kepler was asked post game on Sunday about his swing, which I think clearly has changed, right? Oh, for sure. There's just no doubt. Yeah. Because he, he had sort of that Carew stroke previously, even stroke, and now he's got a slight uppercut. And Kepler looked at the guy that asked the question. It's like, oh, no, no, nothing's really changed. Yeah, and they won't, and they will not go into any detail at all about about even obvious tweaks and changes. One of the biggest mistakes the Oakland A's made was agreeing to be the feature of Moneyball, because and and I'm sure that teams would have picked up on it either way. But the A's were like, "Yep, here are the three main ingredients for us finding really talented players on scrap heaps. It's guys who draw walks and pitchers who don't walk opposing hitters uh, and have good strikeout to walk ratios." And maybe a couple other things here and there. And if they hadn't come out in a book and publicly laid out their blueprint as a small market franchise, maybe it would. Maybe they would have had an advantage for two or three extra years. I think things move really quickly now in baseball compared to even 15 years ago. So it's pretty likely the Twins, by being quiet, aren't actually like maintaining much of an advantage because pretty much all the teams are operating with a similar set of information. But there's no advantage to Max Kepler being like, why don't you all come gather around? I'm going to explain to you exactly how I changed my mechanics and maybe 50 other hitters in baseball can go from you know being borderline major leaguers to leadoff hitters who might get all-star run. Yeah, but teams, we might not be smart enough to just look at film or, or whatever might be 
at their fingertips in terms of the resources to see what the Twins are doing. But there are much smarter people than us around Major League Baseball who can watch film of, of Max Kepler from last year, Max Kepler this year, and pick up on what the Twins did to get that difference out of him. And not just baseball, but every major sport, it's their copycat leagues. The NFL is a copycat league. You see one offense work, and next thing you know, half the league is running Sean McVay's offense. Yeah. You see a defense work, and all of a sudden, the cover two defense is, is the new fad in the NFL. Every every major league, they're copycat leagues. So, yeah, teams are picking up on, on what the Twins are doing and, and will try to emulate whatever that is. Yeah, uh, Marco Baldelli, next Sean McVay. I like that one. Or vice versa. Anybody here friends with Rocco Baldelli? You might have a job He's on a coaching gonna... staff <laughs> yeah. waiting for you. <laughs> if you can just put him on your resume exactly. as someone you bumped into in a supermarket. <laughs> I would can I just get his number in my phone? <laughs> Look, I sent a text to him one time. Hire me. Right? I'm the Padres first base coach now. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie and Jub with Rami. I have to uh, I have to bolt for a couple segments here for a top secret project. Mm. Top secret. Twi- top, top secret. secret huh? Twins related project. Mm. Yeah. But uh, you guys... Uh, you guys hold the fort down here. 651-646-8255. Score North Twin Show taping tonight at Fulton between 6 and 7 o'clock. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here for business owners out there. If you're a business owner and you've gone through the ups and the downs, the grind and the elation, you're solving problems over here, taking care of employees over there, uh, you're celebrating those incremental wins, it, 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 there's all kinds of things both on the upswing of the roller coaster and on the downswing to go into being a business owner. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. And and grant you, you do get a policy, a very good policy, but you benefit from over a century of experience in Federated making businesses as successful as they can be. So business owners, visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's also talk about TCL TVs here. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and they have a new lineup of award-winning TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision to complement their award-winning 4K smart televisions as well. New lineup of sound bars, easy to set up. We love having TCL TVs all around the hallways and the studios here at Score North, and uh, we love watching highlights of Bombas, in 4K picture quality. Bombas sound great with that soundbar, too, on the 4K smart television. So if you're looking for a truly immersive viewing and listening experience with your Bombas this summer, TCL is the place to turn to. You can stop by any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and you can stare at a TCL TV for yourself. In fact, I was inside Target a few days ago just doing some uh, some comparisons and like eye-poppingly great prices on those TCL TVs compared to some of the competitors and you're not going to find more streaming options. You're not going to find better picture quality. You're not going to find better sound. TCL and TCLUSA.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. Mackie, as he said before the break, he's headed to Target Field. That's all we can tell you for a top-secret Score North mission. That's all we can say before he meets us over at Fulton on 6th Avenue for a special taping of the Score North First Place Twins show. I'll be out there. Judd will be out there. Mackie, Derek Wetmore, our uh, top Twins team. We have the A-team talking to Twins with you. Yes, I will be going to the ballgame afterwards as well to take in some uh, Twins. Who do you pull for then? 
Because you're a Cubs fan, but you worked in Milwaukee for a long time, and I sent you like the Brewers. I always said when I worked in Milwaukee that if it's my 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 standard line was if it's not going to be us, I want it to be you. In other words, the Brewers were yeah. always my second choice. In yeah. turn, this makes it a little bit more difficult because now I'm here in Minnesota. I've adopted the Twins' cause, and I've I've gotten fully behind this team. One is in the American League, one is in the National League, so I feel like. I won't really have to make the choice whether right. it's the Brewers or the Cubs unless we get to a World Series. I don't feel a need to to pick a side in a regular season matchup between what I'll call 2A and 2B in terms of my baseball loyalties. How did the Brewers get so well built? It sort of happened much, much faster than I think anyone expected. I remember in 2017, hmm? sitting in David Stern's office, the Brewers GM, yeah. dur- during, during spring training... And Your friend David Stearns, right? I'm not friends. Well, he wanted to do sports talk with you. He takes my advice, but wait, wait, a GM <laughs> who takes your advice? No. I'm What's kidding. the secret sauce there? I got a lot of advice to dole out, and a lot of GMs that don't listen. But it was it was basically year one of a rebuild. He had taken over during the previous season after Doug Melvin, the previous GM, had already dealt off some of the some of the pieces that netted them some prospects. But it was his first off season. In the rebuild, and what every fan wants to know when a rebuild starts is what's the timeline? Like when when can Brewers fans expect competitive baseball again? And I asked him that question. I said, "Would you be willing to put a timeline on this rebuild that you started here?" Brewers fans want to know when their team will be competitive again. And he gave me what I thought was like a generic stock general manager answer because you don't want to say, well, it's probably going to be four years, so don't bother buying tickets. Right. You know what I mean? No GM yep. would ever say that. I was trying to corner him and get him to give me an answer, and what I thought was a stock answer turned out a year later to be a really wise, intelligent answer. He said to me, I'm not going to put a timeline on it. What I will tell you is this team will inform us when they're ready to compete. And I, yeah, I, that's sort of what the Twins people said in January of this year. I sat Bad there said that, and looked much. at him thinking, that's the biggest BS answer I've ever gotten from a GM on a question like that. But then I was sitting, in his, I was sitting in his office again a year later at spring training, and I said, you told us a year ago that this team would tell, tell you when they're ready to compete. Yep. I said, were you surprised by how early this team was ready to compete? And that's when he admitted to me, he said, we didn't set a timeline on it, but I will say that there were some guys on this team who performed above the level that we expected, and this team informed us that they were ready to compete much sooner than we thought they would be, and that's why we went out and made moves like acquiring Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. Interesting, because that Levine, the Twins GM, I think it was uh, right before Twins Fest began, Rami, in January, basically said the same thing, Although he contextualized it by talking about the window being open and how far it might be and that they didn't know exactly, which was very uh, honest at the time. And, you know, this the question was, why don't you go assign Harper or uh, Machado? And clearly the response could have been because we ain't going to. But instead he talked about, well, we, we don't know where we're at with our window just yet. It will tell us, essentially. See, This is the interesting thing to me about really perceptive young executives, because I think the old school folks like myself are always, always thinking to themselves that these guys are full of BS, but they're actually not. Mm -hmm. They're actually, you know, sports executives for so long were cut from essentially the same cloth. 
and and they would attempt to stave you off with the same answers, which, which became the cliches that people like us got used to hearing so often. But if you think about it now, the really bright young executives often do have strategies and plans and answers that if you sort of cut through them just a little bit, you realize that they are saying something. And and to say that the window is open a smidge, we think, but it might be more, we don't know, is much more honest probably than what an executive would have said 15 years ago, which is we're just going to try and build the best team possible. Right. But it is, if you go through, and I think the problem is trying to identify the young uh, sports executives who are really bright because there are some who are probably not as smart. And so they're, they're trying to copy from these guys and they're not doing a, a very good job. But if you hit upon the right people and get them, you do find guys now who really have a well thought, thought out plan. And, and the veteran sports fan is probably more apt to say, oh, come on, you're not serious. But if you listen to it, and you can get through it and sort of, as I said, parcel out what they're trying to tell you, sometimes it's dead on. Yeah, because it's accurate. Again, when you hear a GM say, our team will inform us when they're ready to compete, when you basically just started a rebuild, mm-hmm. if you're a fan or a member of the media, because of what how we've been trained to try and decipher the messages of front office people, I heard that and I went, this is a guy who wants to sell tickets. So he doesn't want to put a number on it. He doesn't want to say right. it won't be a relevant product for three years because he, he doesn't want the casual fan who doesn't understand what we're really doing here to hear that. He wants them to be fooled. He wants them to think that they are going out and trying to win. So he goes and buys his 10-game ticket package. But it wasn't that. He was really saying, look, this the timeline of this thing will sort of determine itself based on the play on its field. We're not going to speed it up. We're not, we're not going to make moves when we don't think that we're ready to make moves or we feel like those moves aren't warranted. We're not close enough yet right. to go out and add. But at the same time, if they get there faster than maybe what we expected or what Brewers fans expected, then we will go out and add and accelerate the process a little bit. And they did. That's what the, I talked to him shortly after going out and trading for Christian Yelich and signing Lorenzo Cain. You know what I mean? Because they saw a year before they they had a team that came up just short of the playoffs. So they said, hey, wait a minute. This team indicated to us that they're ready to compete much sooner than maybe we thought the timeline was in our heads when we got here and first started drawing things up on the board. They got here sooner, so let's... Let's do them right, and let's do the and fans right Absolutely. by adding to this team when and putting we, it over the top. When did, did did we first hear, and this is not, I'm not saying this in a good sense, when did we first hear five-year plan? Because I think we fell in love with, oh, you're putting a number on it. Was that 15 years, 20 years back? I feel like the Royals were the first to kind of say that out in the open, be transparent about it, and then it actually worked. And I, but that was the thing that I think we, we fell in love with this thought of, you just told us the years. That's great. I remember when Theo Epstein took over the Cubs. He said it's a four year plan. Okay. He took over in 2012, 2016. They make the playoffs after coming up just short in 2015. Or I'm sorry, no, 20, he took over in 2012. So the fourth year would have been 2015, 12, 13, 14, 15. They make the playoffs after coming up just short. They lose in the National League Championship Series, and then year five of the rebuild, quote-unquote, the rebuild. And that Cubs team was a They come out and they win the World Series. Right. That Cubs team. Complete mess. That's the thing is, is the Brewers and the Twins had have or had prospects 
who, who, if they achieved what they were expected to, and, and in the Twins' case, it looks like they are now, uh, or s- some of them are, will accelerate things. But yeah, the Brewers, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Cubs were just a complete dumpster fire. But I do, I, it feels like we fell in love with this notion of said executive said five years. And so let's go with years now. When Stearns is probably right, at some point in time, you also say, hey, if these guys mature and develop, we'll change things. Yeah. And good for them for not being so obstinate as saying, no, it's a four-year plan. Because I, rem- I remember when they started that plan, and we were going on past experience on history of how long these rebuilds take. And looking at the Royals, looking at the Cubs, I think the A's went through a similar thing. And we were going, look, Brewers fans... Hang with this team. Like we think we believe in David Stearns. We think they got one of the bright young minds in baseball. But these things take time. They're, they're, it's going to be about four years before they're playing relevant baseball in September. And lo and behold, David Stearns' second full year after going out and getting Kane and Yelich, you're in the playoffs. And now this is a team that's firmly in the discussion. Like that wasn't just a one off year, like a pop up year no, from nice the Brewers. Team. That's They're a good legit. baseball team, Absolutely. and they are firmly in the discussion as a division contender, a playoff team, and and possibly even getting to the World Series after coming up just short last year. So it it can be done faster, and I think that some of these smarter young minds in the sport are are figuring that out. The dumpster fire right right now, and it's actually being done right, but it, the team's just awful as Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, but they. I, I think the guy who's in charge of the Orioles now was the number two in Houston. And they essentially said, we are in as bad a shape as the Astros were originally, so just tear it down. But that's the, but you know, the Twins and Brewers and teams like that have a window where if guys start to mature and develop can be pretty, can be turned around fairly quickly. A team like Baltimore is like the Cubs were in 2012. There's no chance. Right. You just got to basically hit the reset. We're talking about bright young minds and uh, organizational architects here, Judd. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not happening with the Los Angeles Lakers. Every time you think this thing is a mess, yep. it turns out to be much more of a mess than you even thought I owe, that you could imagine. I owe an apology that I will give you to one person in particular who I who on these Wait, airwaves Judd is going to apologize. Yes, because I thought I Hang thought I knew that. something about I, something I knew nothing Jonathan, about. Jonathan, has this ever happened? Has Judd ever I, apologized to I anybody apology. about anything? I owe an apology here. I can't remember it happening. Oh man, this guy's not going to care, but I owe him an apology. Stay right there, folks. Judd apologizes, and we talk about this Lakers mess right after this on Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com.